Hello and welcome to the September edition of Lee Schools TV Podcasts. I'm Rob Spicker, Assistant Director in the Communications Department, and I'm glad you're with us. Uh, one of the bigger challenges this school year has been in transportation. There's a nationwide shortage of bus drivers, Lee County, no exception to that. Without enough drivers, that means uh, to cover every route, that means students are inevitably late. Mom and dad are seeing their students come home later than they expect, and that's a frustration. So it's one of the issues we've had to conquer this year. And Roger Lloyd is the Director of Transportation for the School District of Lee County. And he's with us here today to talk about this kind of ongoing bus driver shortage problem. Roger, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. Let's talk first just to give some perspective and set the table. It's a big responsibility, a big department in transportation. Uh, what does it take every day to get tens of thousands of students to and from school? It definitely is a major undertaking. It, it really is. Um, Pre-COVID, we were looking at transporting 57,000 kids in the morning and the same 57,000 in the afternoon. Uh, last year was cut down um, to about half of that. We, we were right around 30,000. Um, but it is an undertaking that it takes everybody on my team. It takes the drivers and the attendants, absolutely. They're, they're the ones on the front lines. They're getting it done. But behind the scenes, we have dispatchers. We have routers trying to make it done. We have a safety team that's out training uh, new potential drivers, checking stops, going through there. So it's a total team effort. But to actually get this done, you're, you're talking about 72,000 students that are eligible for transportation. Um, they're coming back quickly. Last year, that was not the case. Um, they're coming back quickly. You're looking at what should be, if we want to efficiently transport these kids, um, you're looking at approximately 700 routes, 715 routes. Um, we've had to double up routes. We've had to cut routes. Um, we need a driver for every one of those routes. Uh, that being said, we do not have a driver for every one of the routes that we have. Yeah, that begs the question, where, where are we today? You, you have how many routes and how many drivers and how short are you? Describe a typical day. Typical day, we're starting uh, approximately 40 routes short, meaning uh, we don't have a warm body for that route. Um, when you couple that with the number of drivers that we have quarantined, which are quite a few, and then the daily call-offs, we are looking every day at covering uh, approximately 100 routes. Um, actually, Fridays are probably 110, 115 routes. So it is definitely uh, something that is problematic, um, something that we have to plan for in advance. Um, and that's where we come up with the coverages of buses. Um, we're doing everything we can to get them um, to and from school in a timely manner. Um, but most definitely it is, it is a challenge every day. I think you touched on it, but the strategies, describe what they are to make up for those 100 routes because somebody has to go to those stops, get those kids to school and get them back there in the afternoon. Correct. We have a modified two-tier schedule. So every one of our buses um, actually services two schools. So the high school um, is the first tier. Uh, a driver would drive a high school, say South Fort Myers, and then would get a second school, which would be a late elementary. I'm just going to say Raymond C. Page. And then the other tiers, the tier two, would be an early elementary school coupled with a middle school. But when you're short drivers, you have to cover those buses that you don't have a driver for. 
And inevitably, if I cover one bus, say with three, if one bus has 15 stops, we might be forced to put the first five stops on one bus, the next five on a second bus, and the last five on a third bus to try to get those kids um, home. But in doing so, we just made that bus late to the next school, considerably late, because when the routes are designed, um, they will run a school drop-off, say, at South Fort Myers High School, but then we will give them a close elementary school. Um, when we start taking kids that are not scheduled or normally assigned to a route, not only am I adding time with the additional stops, but I'm also adding time to their route back to the school. So if I run a uh, bus, the extra five stops are in San Carlos, I might have to run that bus all the way back up to Fort Myers Middle or Dunbar. Instead of being in close proximity to that school, uh, travel now becomes a, an issue as well, adding time to our buses, increasing uh, the tardiness, essentially. It's put a lot of stress on your drivers, hasn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I've said this before, you know, I always ask the parents, please, please, please don't take it out on the drivers. We have drivers that are, are servicing four and five schools a day. They're doing everything they can. You know, they're, they're dropping kids off, turning around, going right to another school. Um, they're doing everything they can. So the drivers we have are, are going above and beyond every single day, every single day. And you mentioned those parents. You and I are both those parents. I have a son who rides the bus. You have a child who rides the bus. We know those frustrations um, personally because it's happened to us. But what do you tell the parents who, who have to deal with these routes that uh, have to be covered, whether it's one day, three days, 10 days, or permanently so far this year? Yeah, and I understand the frustration. Like I said, um, my wife is probably a lot nicer than my middle school son. Uh, he tends to give me an earful when I get home uh, from the job. So we're all feeling it, and it's understandable. It absolutely yeah, is understandable. Uh, and I, I think the frustration comes in two aspects, to be perfectly honest. Late buses are tough for everybody. You know, in the morning, parents work. They need to get to uh, work on time. You know, late buses, um, it's a frustration. The second frustration, and I've talked to parents about this, is the communication piece of this. And that's something that we and, and my staff here in transportation, we need to continue to work on that. Um, it's not always as simple as, hey, why can't you uh, use Where's the Bus app? And I know we've talked to the media about that. Uh, it has its limitations. Um, School Messenger is great, but also has limitations come um, when it comes to the coverage buses and going out. And to be perfectly honest, there are times where at 345, we might not have the coverage down for that middle school. We're still looking for buses to say, hey, can we have help, you know, at Three Oaks Elementary, you know, Challenger Middle School. You know, we're calling it out to see who can help us at that time. And there isn't, a, I understand, or I believe, a person that can drive that isn't driving. So you might not have all the people you want to do those things in your office anyway. Correct. We have secretaries, we have routers, we have dispatchers, we have supervisors. If you have a CDL license, we're gonna put you behind a wheel and get you out there um, to take these kids to and from school. 
So this shortage, no surprise, happening everywhere, but you saw it coming maybe or so a year ago. What was it? What were the signs that you looked at and said, you know what, we, we've got a problem brewing. We need to start working on it now. Last year was, was real deceptive. We did an outstanding job getting the kids to and from school. Um, but like I said, in October, when things started to settle down, it was quite clear that we were not transporting nearly the number of students we were. And when it came to the number of students and the drivers we had, we did, we did a great job last year. But we also knew those kids were coming back. And that was the real issue that we brought up in October was, okay, I can make it to the end of this year. You know, we had Lee Home Connect, great program. The kids were, you know, were at home doing that, but they were also, we knew, coming back. So we had a group of employees uh, that had taken a leave of absence. Uh, they wanted to see how the COVID played out. Um, so there was a gray area or a group of people that we were unsure if they were really going to come back or not. And to be honest with the new variant that came out, most of those resigned. So that was a big group that we were hoping would come back full strength um, in August, but they did not. They, they were the group that resigned and really um, hurt us, uh, which, like I said, we saw it coming knowing the kids would return eventually. What does it take? Um, you know, I, I hear this, this plea, you still need 100 drivers to be at a fully staffed level uh, to get the kids to and from school. So I want to be a driver. What does it take? Well, it's a daunting task. The person who reads this and says, you know, I'd like to give that a try. The first question they come up with, I don't have a CDL license, you know. So it is important that everybody know we do train people right off the street to, to earn their CDL license. So the first step is actually applying online at leeschools.net. Um, and if you're having trouble, they can call 239-590-4023. You know, um, we will definitely contact them. We'll get, uh, walk them right through the process. But you have to apply online. You have to have a clean driving record. And then you have to go to the tax collector. And we actually um, are working um, in collaboration with them because they've slowed down their appointments. Um, now you have to have appointments to go in. There was uh, an issue with you can only take one of the permit testing at a time. However, we've worked with them to where our employees or potential employees, we can actually schedule them. They can come in for um, a chunk of time and actually get all four of the permit testing uh, completed. Um, and once you do that, we'll put you in a class. It's an eight-day uh, sit-down class. Um, we get you CPR certified. We teach you uh, the state curriculum for bus drivers. After that, you get behind the wheel. We, we teach you the walk around. And the, uh, like I said, the driving, the road training gets on there. You have to pass that one final test. And once you pass that road test, we get you out on the road driving the kids. So it can take a little bit of time, but it does take a commitment. It, yes, two and a half, three weeks. Um, that's our hope. Obviously, we're, we're trying to get them um, on the road as, as quickly as possible. However, we also need to make sure that we feel comfortable, that they feel comfortable, that it's the safe um, position to put the kids into. Safe to say you've been looking for drivers everywhere, anywhere you can find them? <sighs> and we have been. You know, we've been... 
going to uh, the Southwest Florida Fair. Uh, we had a booth set up there. We've been going to uh, job fairs, Goodwill. We work with them um, on all the job fairs locally. Uh, so yeah, we're going out everywhere, anywhere, trying to recruit drivers. Is there a reason, do we know why it's so hard to get drivers right now? What's, what's, the, what's the, the, the shaking the job market? Well, it, uh, first, I think, I think that's a problem throughout. I mean, if you've been out and about town, everybody seems to be looking for employees, whether it's the restaurant business, whether it's other drivers, um, truckers. People need employees, and that's out there. Uh, the other issue is, you know, we have had individuals, we've got three this year alone that have passed away to COVID. So COVID is obviously, you know, I don't even want to say it's the elephant in the room. I think we all understand what, what COVID is doing. And the last issue is uh, competitive wages. We, we need to be competitive out there. Um, you have Amazon making a strong push. Uh, you see the people that uh, are needing employees are, are starting to ramp up the pay rate and, and now people are looking at other other situations it, it, it's a competitive market out there for employees and so let's talk about that uh, there are districts getting creative a bit large sign-on bonuses I think some states have called in the National Guard um, if you know you need more money to attract more drivers what kind of things might be in the works that are going to help you with this yeah well and you're right you know Massachusetts uh, last week that was the hot news going around transportation departments across the country um, Ohio in Delaware are definitely looking at that as far as options so it's not unique to Lee County I know Orange County uh, up there in Orlando they're offering a $3,500 uh, bonus for new drivers so everybody has a plan and we do we are offering a recruitment retention bonus it's a thousand dollars so we're trying to use that to our benefit uh, so that's coming out we're also looking you know bargaining has started we're looking for options through that as well uh, one of the big things that we've done for the first time and this has been uh, since last June is we're hiring people um, as regular employees. So you, you start off at $16.32 an hour with benefits, and that's something that's never been done. We've always hired them as substitute drivers, um, and then they've worked their way on. But at this point in time, due to the shortage, um, we're hiring straight to a regular position with benefits. So uh, whatever can be done is being done with other ideas being thought of. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we've, we've talked about uh, attendance bonuses, another bonus you know, for the spring semester, um, if need be, you know, everything's being thought of. So I remember you did an interview that, uh, with a reporter a little while back where you thought, you know, about Labor Day might be the, start to see things improve. Here we are a couple weeks post Labor Day. H have we turned that corner, do you feel, in transportation? Is it better than it was? I'd love to stand here and say yes or sit here and say yes. Um, but no, the reality is right now our resignations are probably outpacing um, our new hires. Um, and again, it's tough. Um, we've probably, I'm checking to see what the records are. It seems that we have hired over 40 people since the first day of school, which for the logistics of getting them through the tax collectors, getting them tested, going through all the paperwork, um, 40, uh, I mean, that's better than I even imagined. Uh, we're doing a tremendous job getting these people hired and out there. 
but at the same time, we've had more resignations. So, um, yes, I'm happy with how we're doing in recruiting. We have people now that are starting to call. We're, we're ha have another class that started uh, last Monday that's finishing up. So we're going to have 10 more people out here that we can train and get on the road. Um, but like I said, it's tough with the resignations. And um, unfortunately, we've had three fatalities in the department. I mean, it, it strikes home. Yeah, it does. It does. And it, it, that, that first week of school is always so difficult. It, it, what are the dynamics in that first week of any school year, but this school year in particular, that, that make that one so challenging? Because that's when you seem like you really hear from frustrated parents. It, it's not working for me. What, you know, what's going on? Why aren't you ready? But there's challenges that first week. The first week is difficult uh, for a lot of different reasons, even in a typical year. And, and obviously the last two have, have been anything but typical. But even on a typical year, a normal year, the first week or two is, is just a bear. And it, it, there's a lot of factors. The weather at that time, we always seem to get afternoon showers, which puts us on rainy day dismissal. And when that happens and buses are held at the 210 school for a half an hour, I already know we're a half an hour late to the next school. It also is an important time due to the safety. I mean, it's, it's nobody's fault, but the schools have to be very diligent about what kids get on what bus. So even getting the kids on the right bus um, is a challenge. So the first week gets a little bit slower. The other issue are parents that have moved over the summer, kids that have now gone to a different school. A lot of them have not signed up for routes. So we've had over 5,000 bus requests, you know, since the start of school, they're still coming in. And once our routes are set, um, it's a timely process for each and every one of those routes. Because if I have to put a route on or a stop onto a route, you just don't add it at the beginning or the end. You actually have to reroute that whole bus to say, okay, how does this fit in? And when you do that change, it changes the times. It's, some of the kids now have to be picked up 10 minutes earlier. Some are going to be picked up 10 minutes later. So you have to reroute all these different buses. And I might say reroute bus 1302. You know, I have to put it in. Well, two weeks later, I have another kid who has moved into the area and now requests a stop. Now I have to reroute that bus again. So the first couple weeks, there's, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And like I said, those are the days that uh, in my department, you know, transportation, everybody's working overtime. It's expected everybody's working 10 hours a day. My routers work on Saturday and Sunday to try to get this done. So it, it is a challenge. What do you see going forward the rest of this school year? Do, are we going to be in this same boat or is it going to get better? Um, I do believe it's go going to get better. I do. I don't think it's going to be as quick as everyone wants. You know, nobody, nobody wants it fixed quick, quicker than I do, I can assure you. Um, but we're working hard. Um, we're getting some great, you know, candidates come in. The group we have here, the drivers that are working every day, they're, they're amazing. So it is going to get better, um, just not as quickly as we'd all like it to get. Right, right. Tough to hear, but the truth. Yeah. Let's talk a little just about bus uh, safety. You've mentioned COVID and how that's impacted the department. Um, 
but what kind of things are in place to make sure that students and staff on the bus are as safe as they can be uh, from COVID? Well, and again, masks are definitely recommended, highly encouraged. Um, students have the right, uh, the parents do, to opt out of that. Um, so we try to, you know, space them out. You know, we, we by law have to have seating charts. Um, with the way we cover buses, social distancing is not a reality. You know, we are putting those kids on there. Um, we definitely are, are sanitizing the buses as frequently as possible as we can get to them um, and going through there. So it's the same processes that we've used, you know, even last year. You mentioned this, how schools are very careful, particularly that first week of school, loading a child onto the bus, making sure they're on the right bus. But unfortunately, we know an, a an accident can't happen. A mistake can be made. Uh, and you hear about that sometimes from parents. I'm sure you do. So what's the procedure? What's, what's going to happen if that does actually take place? When, when a driver realizes that there's a child on the bus, um, and I would say nine times out of ten, uh, the child is the last one on the bus. You know, they don't like to speak up as much. But at that time, our, our drivers are trained. They call it into dispatch. Um, the schools do an outstanding job. Uh, we, we call it tagging the kids. So somewhere on that book bag, there's either a sticker or there's a little uh, nameplate, a little badge that actually has the child's name, address, phone number. Um, so our drivers call that into the dispatch, and then we contact the school right away and say, hey, we've got little Johnny on the bus, he doesn't know where his stop is, um, so where do we go from here? So we work with the schools at that point, work with the parents, and then come up with a solution as far as getting those kids safely home. Uh, sometimes we're closer to the school, so we might actually take that child back to the school and leave them with administration. Other time, a parent will say, hey, can I meet you, you know, uh, at a, your next stop? The other issue is, hey, we're going to go pick up the second school and we'll bring them home in 45 minutes, an hour. Parents are, are okay with that. We, you know, we talk to them. But it's definitely a joint effort between the parents, the school, you know, and my dispatch offices. And there can be an instance where a child misses their stop. So what's the, what should a child do that you know, didn't realize they were at their stop? Maybe it's new, they weren't paying attention, they fell asleep. What happens then? They, they just need to talk to the driver. Um, and we have cases, uh, you know, I just actually got an email the other day. Um, child did just that, wasn't paying attention, having a good time, they missed the stop. They went up, talked to the driver, and that's when the driver calls it in to the dispatch and say, well, I have somebody. Now at that moment, we make a decision, you know, okay, is it quicker just to return that child back? Is it quicker to keep the child uh, on that bus? You know, is that okay with the parent? Does the school want them, uh, you know, coming back? So, yeah, they just need to really speak up and use their driver. This made news the, a couple weeks back, the policy that not everybody heard about, but the, the, the transportation is not just going to leave a child on the side of the road. Uh, and so explain, you know, the memo that went out and what that means and what you train the drivers to do. All right. And, and it's safety measure for the students. It's definitely what we train our drivers to do, and we always have. I told you about the four-tier system. So the first tier is the high school kids, you know, and they're early. They are early. We're dropping those students off, the high school kids, at 6.45 in the morning. So the next two tiers are elementary schools. So you're looking at the 
725 drop-offs and the, and the 825 drop-offs and go from there and the last tier is the middle school. So what we train them is if it's at 8 o'clock, 8.30 and you notice a high school student, you need to pull over and ask them, hey, what school do you go to? Sometimes we just put them on the bus. Hey, jump on the bus with us. We'll get you safe. We call it into dispatch all the time. When we call it into dispatch, it might be, hey, continue on your route. I've got another bus that can pick them up and take them to Cypress High, Fort Myers High. So it is a way of protecting the kids and not having them um, miss the bus, be locked out of the house, you know, walk the streets for the day. Um, when they're coming back from the middle school, they're the last tier. If you see any school-aged kid on the side of the street, on the corner, and we do stop, and there are kids from the charter schools, there's other kids, there's some schools, you know, that you pull over and ask, hey, what school are you in? And we get the, I go to FSW, I, you know, but it's better to be safe than sorry. So we don't leave any child on the side of the road. We, we absolutely go that extra step for the safety of the kids, try to make sure nobody's left behind. We haven't heard it as much this year, but in years past, just bus stop safety in general. Are bus stops safe? Yes. I can tell you when they are designed, we have a checklist, a state checklist that we actually go through, and I know I've shared that with over the years, uh, the media. There is a checklist. Now, that being said, we also understand that things do change over time. Um, so we, one of the reasons we pay our drivers to do a dry run in the summers just for that. They go to each and every stop and they come back and say, hey, that's not the safest stop. You know, I can't see around the corner. There's bushes there, there's a lake, whatever it is. And then we send the safety team back out to reevaluate that and, and then we change them. If a parent has a question about it, we check it. It, it absolutely. Because the parents, there are times. Now we have construction going down that road. That sidewalk that was there is torn up. So over the years, things do change. So if parents or anybody has a question about the safety of stop, they should definitely call that in uh, so we can get out there and check it out. You know, as tough and demanding as this job is <coughs> uh, on the drivers right now, there really is a reward for them, isn't it? They, they, they really enjoy doing what they do, and they're great ambassadors for the district. They absolutely are, and I know last year we um, celebrated one towards the end of the year, uh, West Zone Driver, uh, and his story was out there. Uh, but his story is one of many stories. You know, we have another driver who every year uh, sews a quilt for a special student that they feel could benefit from it, and it always goes over well. We have many drivers that do special things for their kids, you know, you'll hear about drivers that um, help out some of the less fortunate kids. You'll see Christmas gifts and birthday presents. Um, they do a lot of things, and that doesn't always make the news. And it's unfortunate. You know, we're in the news a lot of times for things that are not so good. Um, but I see the whole picture, and I see the good that gets done every single day with these drivers uh, and these attendants. It's amazing what they do. They all call them my kids. They do, and they're very possessive. And I can tell you, you know, I have drivers that if they do miss a day and uh, the sub-driver unfortunately is late or might be a little bit more vocal on the radio, uh, the kids let the regular driver 
to know about that. And that really, um, it's good to see. We're the first person they see in the morning, the last person in the afternoon. And it goes a long way when, when you can be the one that says, hey, love, love your haircut. You look good today. <laughs> it does, it does. Um, again, let's just re <coughs> recap. How do you become a driver? Uh, you need them, still probably about 100. What's that first step? First step is going online and applying online, absolutely, because they have to apply online. And if they need help, they can call 590-4023, um, most definitely. Um, but that first step, if you can apply online, we'll walk you through the process after that. And let's talk to our parents one more time. You know, it is frustrating for them. Um, you know, what do you, what's that last message to, to mom and dad that, you know, have that bus that just isn't there when they expect it to be there? Continue to be patient. In, in, in all honesty, most of these parents are. They truly are. They, they see the news. You know, we don't have to tell them that, hey, some states have national guards coming out to, uh, to drive the buses. This is a national problem. Um, so just to please continue uh, to be patient. Uh, please don't take it out on my drivers. Please, please, please. These guys are, are doing a tremendous job and they're under a lot of stress. No, nobody gets up saying, hey, I want to do an okay job today. Everybody wants to be good at what they do and they're great when they have two schools. When they have four and five schools, they're going to run late, um, but it's not their fault. It's just, just the situation. Um, so continue to be patient with us and, and please don't take it out on my drivers. It's a challenging time. No, very much so. All right, well, Roger Lloyd, Director of Transportation, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully this helps kind of explain where we are, why is happening, uh, the things that are happening, and it makes sense uh, for, your, uh, for your descriptions that you've given. Roger, thank you again, and uh, we hope to see you again for the next uh, episode of uh, Lee Schools TV podcast. Hey, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Bye.